I took my brother ice fishing, then faked my own death. Here's what happened. Subscribe to Am I the Jerk on YouTube and hit the bell for notifications. This one is hot off the press, ladies and gentlemen. I'm up at our family's cabin in northern Michigan waiting out the virus in a small town. My brother-in-law and I were ice fishing this afternoon as the stores are becoming empty and Mother Nature is very generous with fish in our lake. For those of you that don't know a lot about ice fishing, let me clarify something about a frozen lake. Right now, ice is thick, 8 to 10 inch sheets. Throughout the day, the sheets will crack from the sun, then refreeze overnight. The cracks make a demonic noise that scares the heck out of you when you're sitting there in silence. The cracks won't break all the ice underneath you unless you're trying to drive a bulldozer across the lake. With all that said, I was FaceTiming my uncle to show off our buckets of fresh perch. My uncle doesn't know much about frozen lakes and is scared we'll fall in. While talking, I mentioned that we've been hearing cracks this afternoon. In the middle of our conversation, I turned my phone to my brother-in-law and I guess that motion combined with my numb hands caused my phone to slip out. I reactively screamed as my new device slid into the hole never to be seen again. Jumping into action, my brother-in-law and I were trying to figure out ways to get it out as we were only in about 10 feet of water. About two minutes later, I hear yelling from the shore. My sister is frantically trying to figure out how to get to our tent on the ice. Confused at this point, my brother-in-law and I remember that we were FaceTiming my uncle when I dropped my phone. He called my brother-in-law, but we were too preoccupied to answer. We later learned that the combination of telling him about the cracks, the scream, and my phone going under the water and disconnecting caused him to believe we fell in. We came out of the tent, consoled my sister, and called my uncle who must have lost five years of his life from the whole situation. I'm now sitting here on my laptop trying to figure out ways to get a new phone before my state locks us down. But first, I had to tell Reddit. This is just a series of unfortunate events that led to an unfortunate misunderstanding. Being a paranoid person myself, I'm probably right there with your uncle that I would have been terrified that you fell in. What else are you supposed to think in that situation? From his point of view, you just went under the ice while he was talking to you. I guarantee the situation at least scared the bejesus out of him. Jerk driver ends up paying for a whole lot more than a new car. First, a little backstory. I'm a college student and cycled to campus every day. It's not a long ride at all, but I have to go through a zone where it's illegal to ride a bicycle on the sidewalk, so I'm forced to ride on the road. Most drivers don't care and just go around me, since I stay to the edge and don't make myself a nuisance. Also, I have a crappy e-bike that I commute on. This will be important later. A few weeks ago, a guy in a Ford SUV started yelling at me as he drove by while I was in the road-only zone. All the usual, get off the road, roads are for cars, you're too slow, kind of stuff. I get that from drivers on a weekly basis. I just ignore and keep going. This man was special though, since he cut right in front of me and slammed on his brakes after yelling. I was able to stop before I hit him, and he floored it out of there, yelling, better be careful next time, bike. I was pretty mad, but I hadn't gotten his license plate or anything and I doubt anything could be done about it anyway. There was no real proof. Over lunch, I told one of my friends who works as an EMT the story and he got really ticked off. Apparently, he had seen the results of a car successfully brake checking on a cyclist and they aren't pretty. Two days later, the same Ford SUV 
jerk tried to brake check me again. I was expecting it as soon as I heard him yelling, Get on the sidewalk, bike! from behind. So I avoided a crash again. I told my EMT friend over lunch again, and he was even madder than before. I wanted to let it go, since I can't really do anything about him and my bicycle isn't going to win in a crash. This guy keeps trying to brake check me every few days during my morning commute, whenever we were on the same patch of road at the same time. About a week ago, my EMT friend told me that he told my story to one of his friends in the campus police, who was equally ticked off. The two of them wanted to catch this jerk driver. The plan was to have the policeman parked on the side of the road in hopes of catching and pulling over the jerk. I heartily agreed, and the officer pulled some strings and had himself posted on speeder catching duty for that stretch of road. A few days passed uneventfully with no sign of the road rager. I saw the cop parked in the same spot on the side of the road every day, a spot where the road has a left turn lane and a straight lane. Finally, I'm pedaling along and I hear the familiar voice scream, Get the heck off the road! I yelled back, Catch me then! And took off. I was spinning my scrawny little chicken legs as hard as they would go and pegging the throttle. I guess this made the driver even madder because I heard his engine roar as he pursued me. He shifted into the left lane as I stayed in the right. I looked to the side and saw a nasty old man in the driver's seat with the passenger window open. His mouth was going like he was yelling, but I couldn't hear him over the wind noise. I saw the police car spot approaching and started to slow down. Taking the opportunity, the driver swung right in front of me. I don't know if it was the speed or his anger that made him swing wide, but he cut across my lane and crashed straight into the back of the police car. I barely applied my brakes and crashed into the side of his car. The officer got out. Spitting mad would be an understatement and called an ambulance and another police car. Everyone was unhurt since the jerk was only going like 25 miles per hour, but there was enough of an impact to trigger the SUV's airbags. The jerk ended up getting arrested for driving drunk, seriously, who drinks before 9am, for an illegal lane change, and probably other stuff too. I don't know all the details. I imagine that causing a crash like that would entail some additional charges. The guy ended up having to pay for extensive repairs on the police cruiser and for a new e-bike to replace the one he destroyed by cutting in front of me. The frame had snapped on impact. On top of that, I hear that his car was defined as totaled by his insurance company, since the airbags went off. So he also has to pay for a new car. With any luck, the jerk will lose his license from the drunk driving charges and won't be able to menace cyclists again. There's a whole lot wrong with this story. For one, the guy's drunk before 9am. What is so wrong in your life that you need to have that many drinks before 9 o'clock in the morning? Two, you're getting behind the wheel of a car in that state. Probably not a great decision. And three, you're brake checking bikes. Come on, buddy. Are you really that miserable? Our original poster's just another guy trying to get to work. Same as you. Why are you going to give him a hard time because of what he's driving? Trust me, I'm sure bikes don't want to be on the road with cars like you. Just go around him and go about your business. Otherwise, you could end up doing exactly what you did. Getting into an accident and having to dish out a ton of money. I hope it was worth it. 
I figured out I was dating a con artist and made sure everyone found out who he really was. Two years ago, I met a man in a bar. He approached me and we started chatting. He was very charming, intelligent, and charismatic. We exchanged numbers and began dating. He was very attentive and sweet, single, never been married, no children. He's beginning to sound like Prince Charming. I'm also a little naive and haven't had a lot of experience with relationships. We see each other regularly and he's in constant contact with me via phone. He texts me all day every day and we exchange hundreds of messages every day when we weren't together. Six weeks after we meet, he begins telling me how much he dislikes his current living arrangement and how awful his housemates are and how he wants to move out. I live in a large home by myself and he hints if he can move in. I think this is a little fast, so I don't offer him a place to stay with me. He never mentions moving in again. We continue to see each other and talk all day every day. We talk about the future, marriage, holidays, kids, everything. He had told me previously about how wealthy he is, how he owns multiple homes and businesses around the world, which is why it was surprising eight months into the relationship when he started asking for money when he started his new business. I declined to give him any money, as I've noticed a lot of little lies and inconsistencies with his stories and behaviors. He's also very controlling and constantly negging me. I start to cool off on him as things aren't adding up. He assures me everything he said is true and he would never lie to me and he loves me so much and would never hurt me. Something feels off still. I start sleuthing him online trying to find information about him. Nothing comes up. I end things with him and he begs for me back. I'm dubious but continue to talk to him as I'm very curious about finding out who this guy I fell in love with really is. I hired a private investigator to find out, as I just could not shake my gut instinct that something bad is going on. I was devastated to find out the truth. He's been married for 10 years and lives with his wife and two kids. He's been married three times and has five kids total. He's broke. He lied about his age, where he grew up, childhood, everything. He has a serious mental health disorder. He's a pathological liar and chronic manipulator. I did realize this by the end. He sleeps with men on the down low and has a harem of women. He perpetuates love fraud schemes for attention, money, and acquisitions. He's conned his friends out of money. The list is endless. I confront him. He lies and says it's not true. I'm livid. I tell him to get lost. He goes for one last try to con money out of me again. I'm fed up. Time for revenge. I blast him on social media from an anonymous account to warn his future victims. I post screenshots of the dossier provided by the PI. It creates a huge amount of interest and goes viral. It turns out this guy has screwed over more people than originally thought, and people want justice. I've left the state I was living in when this occurred three months ago and am trying to move on with my life. Always trust your gut instincts, especially when it comes to jerks. Yeah, our original poster just had a bad gut feeling here and really took it all the way. The relationship was already over when they were digging this deep. That shows how bad the feeling was. Thankfully, it sounds like they got out relatively scot-free. Sounds like this guy screwed over other people a lot worse. I'm surprised his wife would have never caught on to what he was doing. But our poster did the right thing in trying to make sure no one else got taken in by this guy in the future. Who knows how much damage he's actually caused over time. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on ArmorAll products. 
That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. My roommates thought I would cave and move out. Oh, heck no. This is going to be a war. So basically, I moved into a two-bedroom apartment two months ago with Sarah and Jessica. Now, Sarah's on the lease and Jessica is Sarah's girlfriend, not on the lease. I pay 50%, Sarah pays 25%, and Jessica pays 25%. Not my ideal situation, but I was desperate for roommates at the time. Fast forward two months. They're enormous slobs who never do anything, so I clean up after them all the time. I vacuum the living room, mop the kitchen, do dishes, all of it. I buy most of the shared groceries and household items like toilet paper, which the two of them plow through really quickly. Sarah has a cat in the apartment which is unauthorized, and regularly has an unauthorized dog here too. Their rent is paid late and utilities on the last possible day. Also, the girls smoke a lot, and while I don't care, I ask them to be respectful enough to air out the apartment and keep the smoke out of my room. Now, last week, everything went south. Sarah and Jessica overheard me complaining about having to clean up after them and, after ignoring me for a few days, sent a long text about how rude they considered that. So, I let out everything that was bothering me and tell them that if they don't want to live with me, I'll gladly release them from the lease, repay the deposit, and they can go. This causes them to freak out and they tell me, it's two against one, we'll force you to move out. Oh, heck no. I block them on all forms of social media and means of communication. The next day, I went down to the apartment managers and reported the two unauthorized pets and the unauthorized occupant. Written notices were given and Sarah and Jessica threw them straight in the trash. I return from a four-day stay at my dad's and go straight to report the unauthorized occupant, Jessica, who has already been asked to leave, and both unauthorized pets, which were supposed to be gone by now. Well, at this point, Sarah and Jessica are getting ticked off. Jessica screams obscenities at me anytime I enter or leave my bedroom. Twice she spent a half hour period pounding on my door and the walls of my room. She taunts me through the door trying to get me to open up. All of this is being quietly recorded on my phone while I still haven't said a word. So yesterday I went back down to the office to finish securing my new apartment and to report more violations. When I came home the chain lock was locked so I had no way to get in. This is what I had been waiting for. Jessica taunts me again on video and then slaps my hat off my head, hitting me square in the 
forehead with the back of her hand. Bingo. I call the cops and rat Sarah and Jessica out for being druggies. Get all their paraphernalia confiscated and get a police report for battery. Come Monday, I'll be on my way to the prosecutor's office to press charges. The apartment managers will also be getting a copy of this report. Also, tomorrow is the last day to pay rent before it's late. Sarah and Jessica disappeared early this morning. If they don't pay rent, I'm going to get them on the abandonment clause, finally get them evicted, and have the locks changed, all before I move out tomorrow. I'm just glad to be done with those jerks. These really do sound like nightmare roommates. I'm sure if they had been at least willing to meet you in the middle a little bit, things would have gone a little easier. But there's just a whole lot of cons to these two, and no pros as far as I can tell. I'm sure if they kept to themselves, kept decently clean, and paid rent on time, you wouldn't have cared. But when this is how they treat you and the apartment that you're sharing, I don't see why they would expect anything different. At least you get to move on now, and Godspeed to whoever has to live with them next. My foster daughter wants her own room, but I don't have the space. So we have two new foster placements, 10-year-old girl and 15-year-old girl. We also have a biological daughter, 13-year-old girl. We live in a three-bedroom house, and at this time, it's not possible to add more room. We do plan on moving eventually, but that's not something that will happen for a year minimum. Originally, we were only receiving single placements, but got our first sibling group in 10-year-old girl and 15-year-old girl. In our country, siblings can share a room, both bio and foster. The only condition is non-biological siblings of the opposite sex can't share a room, which isn't an issue here. We try to do what we can to make the siblings comfortable, but recently, 15-year-old girls said at their home she has her own room, and she hates sharing. We've tried to divide with curtains and privacy panels and things like that. We've let the 15-year-old girl get a lot of personalized stuff for her room, but it's a struggle. 15-year-old girl has requested her own room. The other issue is 13-year-old girl set a boundary when we started fostering two years ago that she wouldn't share her room. We agreed, as it seemed reasonable. She's always great with the other kids in our home, but also deserves her own space where she can decompress. She went from being an only child to having other children in the home. We also make sure we get a lot of one-on-one time with her and still do stuff as a family. She knows she can talk to us about anything. We did ask her about 10-year-old girl sharing her room. And obviously, she said no. We explained this to 15-year-old girl, and now she's upset, saying it's not fair. We feel conflicted. Our social worker backs us up. But some people in our personal life say we're in the wrong. Other relevant info? We don't know exactly how long 15-year-old girl and 10-year-old girl will be with us. But the current plan in place is 10 months minimum, with the likelihood it could be longer. So it's not as if 10-year-old girl and 13-year-old girl would only share a room for a few weeks. Am I the jerk? I don't know what to do here. This is a really tough situation to be in. Obviously, in a perfect world, every kid would have their own space. But it's just not something that can be accommodated here. I think the biological daughter's already being really good about sharing her home and parents with other kids. It is understandable that she would want her own space. But again, that's going to be the case with all of them. Especially the 15-year-old as she starts getting older. I think at the end of the day, you guys are doing the best that you possibly can. It's not an ideal situation but the girls are healthy, have food in their mouths, a roof over their heads, and people around them that care about them. It could be a lot worse. I would tell them to just hang in there until you guys get the new place, and then you can talk about everyone having their own space. 
My sister-in-law insists I enforce some crazy rules when she forces me to babysit. I, 27-year-old female, live about a block from my parents. They helped me buy my house and they're awesome. They also babysit for my brother and his wife all the time. However, when they're not available, my sister-in-law will bring her kids, 10, 8, and 6, to my house since I work from home. I've tried explaining repeatedly that I'm working and she refuses to understand. My parents aren't her biggest fans either, but they've begged me to humor her. So I allow it. They're good kids and I love them, but I don't enforce her rules on them. Nope, sorry, I don't have organic fruit juice. I have Coke, Mountain Dew, and Red Bull. Or you can drink tap water. You want avocado with an egg on rye? Well, I have potato skins from Costco. What the heck is VeggieTales? My TV has Netflix, Prime, and Disney. Watch whatever you want. She gets mad at me for not following her rules for her kids, but keeps dropping them off. My brother says I'm being a jerk for not just doing what they want, so I told them I would if they A. Paid me to watch their kids and B. Supplied whatever their kids were supposed to eat, drink, and watch. Am I the jerk? Sounds like you're just laying down the ground rules, same as she is. She doesn't get to completely dictate how this goes down. You're doing her a favor by watching the kids, and you've tried to explain to her that this is not ideal for you in any way. You're supposed to be working. You can't be spending a whole lot of attention watching her children. And yeah, I totally agree. If she's going to be dropping them off and insisting they eat and drink specific stuff, she needs to be supplying that stuff. It can't just be expected that your lifestyle is going to match her her lifestyle. That's not going to be the case. Maybe this conversation will wake her up a bit and she'll realize that she's just kind of taking advantage of you. Or alternatively, she just stops bringing the kids there and gets an actual sitter. Either way, you're going to be better off. But no, you're not a jerk for standing up for yourself and laying down the law in your own house. I get that they're her kids, but it's your house. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications. Put the playlist on in the background to finish listening to all the stories, linked at the top of the description. And if you like Am I the Jerk, give Am I the Genius a shot, linked in the description as well. Either way, thanks a lot for watching, and we'll see you guys next time.